The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. Pick one. That's what the scribe asked Jesus to do. There are 613 commands in Torah, in, in Jewish law. 613, and the scribe looked at Jesus and said, pick one. Now, the truth of those 613 laws is that breaking one is the same as breaking all. So how, out of 613, is Jesus supposed to pick just one to live by? The greater context of this story is important to understand. Because Jesus had had come into Jerusalem with the triumphal entry, people waving palm branches and shouting Hosanna in preparing for the Passover celebration. Jesus cleansed the temple and ran the money changers out. And then during the week, he was teaching in the Temple Mount and there had been a series of questions by various other religious leaders. Questions about what what authority Jesus had, questions about paying taxes to Caesar, and and then this question, pick one. And Jesus quoted what is known as the Shema. In Hebrew, the, the the first word of that passage is Shema. Shema Yisrael, hear, O Israel. And so they've named that, and, and, and that verse, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, has become, for Jewish faith practitioners, the most sacred prayer. They pray that every morning and every evening. It includes other blessings, but, but it always includes, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. When Jesus quoted it, he added mind. Scholars say that that shows some of the uh, Hellenistic Greek influence in the time. And then the Pharisee said, or the scribes said, you're right. The Lord is one. And he accepted the addition of mind. You shall love the Lord your God with your heart, with your soul, with your mind, and with your strength. And then Jesus said the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Our forebears practiced radical monotheism in a day when people worshiped everything they could get their hands on. 
and everything they could make with their hands. Just like Stephanie talked about with the kids. They prayed to statues and Gideon tumped them over. We're supposed to tump over those things in our lives so that we too practice that radical faith in God who is one. So when Jesus was asked to pick one and he recited two commands, he was picking the one true God. And he said, none are greater than these. Here's, here's, here's the rest of that passage from Deuteronomy chapter 6, the Shema. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children. And talk about them when you are at home and when you are away. When you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead, and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Moses was telling the people of Israel before they entered the promised land, let God be your supreme focus. And Jesus reminds us from Leviticus 19 that our neighbors also are our focus. That you shall love your neighbor as yourself comes at the end of several verses that talk about relationships. Here's what it says in 17 and the beginning of 18. You shall not hate in your heart any one of your kin. You shall reprove your neighbor, or you will incur guilt yourself. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. That's one of the 613. Well, actually, there are several in there. <laughs> I didn't count them up. Let this be your focus to love God unreservedly and completely with your whole being, and to love your neighbor as yourself. As Wesleyans, we lean heavily on what John Wesley wrote. Solitary religion is not to be found there. Holy solitaries is a phrase no more consistent with the gospel than holy adulterers. I chuckled at that too. The gospel of Christ knows of no religion but social, no holiness but social holiness. Faith working by love is the length and breadth and depth and height of Christian perfection. Faith working by love. That's what we celebrate today. Those who have worked by faith in love in our lives to shape us into who we are to become. So, so how, do we, how do we live this out when, when, when our society's mantra has become, if you're not for me, you're again me? That's a little Northeast Texas talk. 
If you're not for me, you're against me. How do we, how do we learn to love God unreservedly, and how do we practice love for our neighbor in such a polarized climate? <laughs> Pastor, everybody just tightened up. They're a little nervous because it's the Sunday before an election. In the last two weeks, is coming and I had a sermon to write. I had two. Celebrated the life of one of the saints in Troop, Texas, Katie McElroy on Friday. And, and I just didn't know what to do. I saw everything that needed to be done and I couldn't get started on one single thing. So I came in here. Janie was practicing, rehearsing. I love it when she does that because it fills the whole house. And I took down the green altar cloths and pulpit and lectern cloths and put up the white ones because I knew that needed to be done. And as, as, as Janie and I talked about it, these words came out of my mouth. When, you, when you, you can't do everything, do what you can. And I was talking with Pastor Severio, and he, he told me a story of a saint in, in one of the congregations in Kentucky who came to, to class to, to teach seminarians about contemplative prayer, and, and, and she, said, she said, our minds will wander. When they do, bring them back. Do what you know to do. That's why we pray. That's why we sing. That's why we worship. That's why we feast at this table together. when we see so much that needs to be done. On my way up to Troop, I was listening to Father Richard Rohr talk about adult Christianity, what it means to, to grow up in Christ and, and to practice responsible faithfulness. And he said this, not everything can be fixed or cured, but it should be named properly. Not everything can be fixed or cured, but it should be named properly. So in our conversations, and that's what we're supposed to have, we should name differences we might have with one another properly. And we should converse and find the consensus that can be found. And then we should proclaim our unity. If God is one, and God is, then we should be one. Amen? Last Sunday, I had not seen the news. And it was mentioned in worship at First Presbyterian Church in Independence, Missouri, that there was a massacre at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh. And I believe it shall be rightly named as a continuation of Holocaust. And I could not attend the service at the temple down the street on Friday evening. But I will stand with others. I will stand for love. 
and peace. Because that's how my life has been shaped. By the witness of Christ in all the people that I have the joy of sharing in ministry with over all the years I have sought to follow Christ. And today, I will do my best to read the Shema in Hebrew. One of the practices in in reciting Shema is to cover one's eyes for the first sentence in order to be more completely focused. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad, Ve'ahavta et Adonai Elohecha, Ve'chol Levavka, Uvechol Ravshecha, Uvechol Menodecha. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And this day, as we honor those who have finished their course in faith, and every day that God gives us breath and life, we pick one. One love of one God for all people. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.